Welcome to School of PE Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Miller, and I'm so glad that you could join me this week. We are going to discuss topics about FE, PE, and SE, and we're also going to answer questions that will help students prepare for their exams. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the SOPE Podcast. I have a special guest with me here today, a Mr. Doug Smith from Hollow Pundits. He is the customer success manager for Hollow Pundits, and he is going to talk to us about AR and VR technology and engineering, education, and whatever else he wants to talk about. So let's give Mr. Doug Smith a, a warm welcome. Doug, great to see you today. Thanks, Chris. Hey, happy to be here. Excited to chit chat with you a little bit about the technology and engineering. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, the all the episodes I've been doing so far, I've had the pleasures of, you know, speaking to some different engineers about some different topics. So I'm excited today. Uh, AR, VR kind of kind of gets the motor running, you know? So, uh, <laughs> well, you're in the right place. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you could do me a favor and maybe, you know, because AR and VR is still pretty new to a lot of people. So not everyone understands the technology or even knows what AR, VR is. So if you could maybe give me a little bit of a brief history on this technology to catch our audience up to speed. No problem. You're, you're in for a treat. I actually brought some uh, widgets and gadgets with me today to show you guys. So um, AR, VR, we'll, we'll break that down step by step. Uh, the technology itself has been around for, I don't know, a few decades actually, but uh, I, I can remember actually in high school, I went to Cedar Point, which is an amusement park here in Ohio, and, uh, it, and they had this really cool new thing. It was a roller coaster virtual reality and you put on this headset and it was strapped you know to a wall monitor or whatever and you got to go and pretend you were uh on on a roller coaster um now incidentally there were real roller coasters right behind me so i went over there and did that but that was when i was first introduced and that was like around the year 2000 so um you can kind of get a sense of, of how long this technology's been around and it's really 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 improved since then from that cedar point virtual reality headset uh, roller coaster scene to today, it's it's just nuts. If you have not experienced virtual reality, augmented reality, or mixed reality, I definitely recommend it, uh, even just to test it, just to see what's out there and experience it. So what we have um, here next to me is a virtual reality headset. Virtual reality is where you put on a headset, you don't see anything in your real world environment, you're only looking at what's in, in the headset itself. And that becomes an animated, uh, immersive reality environment. Um, you have hand controllers that go along with that that you could you know, manipulate objects and things like that we'll talk about later. Um, the mixed reality is came out with, uh, with uh, Microsoft. This is a HoloLens is what we call it. It's a Microsoft product. And you wear it, and it's actually glass. You can't see that in the screen probably, but I can actually see my real-world environment, everything that's in front of me. But then the glass actually portrays holograms and holographic images over my real-world environment. So it's a really cool way, especially in engineering, we see a lot of use cases with the HoloLens, which we can get into here in a bit. And then augmented reality uh, hit the stage with the public back with Pokemon Go a few years back. Uh, if you might remember that, you probably got into the craze. You'd take your, your iPhone or your Android and you'd you know, install the app and you'd be able to see through your camera your real-world environment and overlay um, animations, 3D models, images. In this case, you got Pikachu and, and all those little fun critters uh, with the Pokemon Go. So those are the three uh, different reality and immersive technology. And together, we call that extended reality. 
So that's what uh, that's what I pretend to be as an extended reality expert. Um, but really, I'm just I'm just really trying to help folks figure out the best use cases with the technology in their space. So hopefully that was a good overview for, for you. That's a, that's a great overview. And, you know, it, it kind of what I remember from your whole uh, overview is uh, the idea of a virtual roller coaster. That is the only way you're getting me on a coaster. <laughs> Are you scared? Yeah. Of oh, man, I am. I remember when I was a kid. I, I grew up in California. Uh, Knott's Berry Farm was a yeah. popular uh, theme park or uh, amusement park to go to. And I remember going there with my, my brother and my parents. And Montezuma's Revenge was this coaster that just started off zero and just took off, went up, went back down. And I remember standing in line with my parents, my brother, for like an hour, hour and a half. It finally our turn. I get in. I get right out. I told my dad and I said, hey, I'll stand here and hold the camera. So, uh, <laughs> so, so you didn't even try it? No. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, we're going to have to take a trip to Cedar Point or Kings Island or something here in Ohio. Sounds good. I'll gladly stand and hold the camera <laughs> or the VR lens. Uh, but, you know, also, maybe you can kind of shed some light on this. A lot of times when you, you hear about AR, VR technology, you think it's just gaming. You know, that's, that's all it is or at least that's what the perception was. Maybe it's changed a little bit, but, you know, can you talk about some of the other areas that, you know, you've seen a big use or a big need for this kind of technology? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you're right. That, 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 meant that conception is, is, is true. Um, you know, it actually started out virtual reality as gaming. Uh, PlayStation, you know, came out with their virtual reality headset. Facebook came out with the Oculus, which is this bad boy here. They came out with the early version, I don't know, five, six years ago. And, um, and it was really targeted at the consumer gaming industry. Um, but then people like engineers and people like educators, um, they got into this technology. They realized there are so many uses for this technology. And especially when you can have the, the immersive feel and mm -hmm. the environment that looks so real, uh, you could do virtually anything in, in this environment. So, um, you know, I see a lot of customers and clients that have needs in, in engineering, which, which is why we're talking here a lot today. Uh, a lot of manufacturing, um, you know, a lot of training and education. Uh, the company I work with, we, we launched an education module for sciences. So science teachers can use this in the classroom with their students to help explain those really complex topics that I have no idea what they are. But, boy, I can see it and feel it, engage with it. And now I understand it. Um, so that that's those are those are the main use cases we're seeing with with all these technologies right now. That's great. So you know, a lot, whenever something new pops up, whether it be a, a technology or maybe a new baseball bat for you to hit those big long dingers with, there's always that assumption that is it a flash in the pan or is it here to stay? So let me ask you this: so AR VR flash in the pan or is it here to stay? Well, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm biased on that, of course. <laughs> I think it's here to stay. But, you know, the, the numbers, uh, they speak for themselves. Right? We, we have a lot of research out there, especially because of COVID. When COVID hit, we have all these companies, uh, enterprise corporations, we have manufacturing, we have pharmaceuticals, we have, you know, just any industry vertical you can think of is now accelerating their adoption of this technology where it was a thing that they were considering and thinking about conceptually, you're gonna see how the market plays out, see how the technology advances for their specific causes. Um, we're now seeing those same people who were seven or eight years away 
from adopting this technology, they're using it today. This is a real thing. The U.S. military just bought $21 billion of the HoloLens mixed reality uh, technology, both headsets and software development. That's a, that's a five-year plan. So, uh, you know, to say that, that you're on the front end of something that's a flash in the pan or, or you know, that's something that's not going to be here a couple years from now, totally inaccurate at this point. The numbers speak for themselves. The adoption is here. It's real. It's staying. The market has followed. There are so many um, startups and happening because of, uh, of the development needs that are out there. Uh, if you're talking about engineering and, and folks in, in your world, um, every single company that I've talked to, every single industry that I've talked to uses engineers. And those engineers are using models. And those models right now are CAD files or they're Revit files or whatever. And they need a way to both manipulate those files in a, in a real hands-on way uh, and share those files with their customers or with other engineers, whoever, where they can get in a collaborative environment. And there is no better way to do that than popping on a headset or popping on a HoloLens and being able to see what the other person is seeing and manipulate with each other the models that you're looking at in that engineering environment. So uh, I think it's here to stay, and I think you're going to see a lot more adoption, especially in the engineering world as, as we move on. Well, that sounds great. So, you know, um, for School of PE, we've had, we've dabbled a little bit in the um, AR, VR, you know, is actually in one of the books we actually used, uh, say, some AR, VR in our PE Civil Breath book. Uh, and, and earlier you touched upon how this technology can help you better understand some of those more complex topics that, you know, when you look at it just on paper or in a book, you're like, okay, I get it, but I don't get it. Um, being able to see it maybe makes it a little bit easier to grasp or understand. So you were talking about like models. So you're, are you saying that, you know, let's say, you know, let's kind of take a step maybe from engineering. Let, let's say, you know, you're in an anatomy class and you're trying to better understand like the digestive system or, or one of the other systems. How do you see AR helping with that? Yeah, you know, I, I wish I had it in, uh, in this technology when I was going through high school and, and middle school because um, I'm a very visual person. I'm a, I'm a hands-on learner. Uh, you know, in, instead of being in, in customer service as I am, I might be a scientist uh, had, I, had I had this technology back then. But, um, you know, I, I see that struggle with, with teachers trying to get those those points across to the to the students. You know, I've been working with teachers with this technology um, for the past year or so, and and it really is that really wall that hurdle where mm -hmm. you have different styles of learning in a classroom. Right, you have thirty kids in a class. You have thirty different styles of learning, uh, and they can be broken down into a few different categories. You know, you get your audio learners, your visual learners, your your hands-on uh, learners as well, and and really what. VR and AR does, it actually tricks the brain. Um, so it, it, it gets you to a point where you're combining those learning styles all in one experience, right? So, and, and, that's, and that's what you want. You, you want to not just go audio, you're not, not just visual, not just hands-on, but you want all those together 
because that way every learner is included in this learning style. And that's exactly what virtual reality does. That's exactly what augmented reality does. It tricks the brain to build those uh, those those uh, stimuli. You know, mm -hmm. you want to build those associations with what you're learning to recall later. And the research is out. I mean, it, it's out there. It proves that that the increase of exam points, the increase of building those associations, the increase of learning motivation itself, which is which is a fabulous thing because you want to get kids excited about school and excited about learning. Um, but that's really what we focus, focused on with, with one of our products out in the schools called XR Guru, uh, is really focusing on those science topics. And because that, that's that's the low-hanging fruit for making something visual, they're complex topics. You know, you can you can get into a cell in virtual reality and look at the different uh, components of a cell structure. You can look at a human anatomy. You can get in there um, and, and take a look at the digestive system. My wife was having some issues with her back uh, a few weeks back, and and uh, I said, well, listen, hop on the headset, get in there, and see, you know what is the nerve or what is the muscle that's hurting? And she did, she got in there and she's looking at the human anatomy in the virtual reality environment and she was able to pinpoint exactly what was happening and she found some stretches to, to do to yeah, that particular muscle and it was it was incredible. Like if people just knew, uh, and that's, you know, when I work with teachers, I say, let me send you a headset. Let me show you what this is like if you've never experienced it because that will make all the difference, absolutely. Wow. Well, doctors better watch out. Self-diagnosis through a virtual lens. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Gives new meaning to the to virtual uh, appointments. That's right. Um, you know, trying to get back to engineering a little bit. Do you see any of the like benefits that the world of engineering can reap through this uh, XR um, technology? Yeah, actually, uh, my background's in construction and engineering. And uh, even though I'm not an engineer myself or can even swing a hammer, um, yeah. you know, I, I know that world. And uh, working with engineers and architects, um, this this is this technology really was attractive to me coming from that world. Um, not only do you have uh, with with what's called the, the Hololens Remote Assist, where you can pop on a headset, you can be out in the field, let's say at a construction site or or you know whatever your engineering is, you're at the site and you pop on one of these and you want to show other experts and other engineers, and maybe the customer who's at a remote location, you want to show them what that looks like in real time in the real world environment. Well, you pop on this and you have a hands-free, I've got a, uh, you know, my, my headset on. I can't put the, the real headset on or else it'll fall, but um, if I weren't wearing my, my microphone, I could, I could show you what that looks like. And um, you can actually show and share the screen with uh, the people that you wanted to share that experience with. And then the step further is if they have uh, notes that they want to share, if they have 3D models of, um, you know, an HVAC system, let's say you're at a, at, a, at a show, you just built a shell of a building and you're walking through doing a site visit on, on a shell of the building, you pop on the headset and then somebody who's working remote pops up a, an HVAC system from a CAD file. And all of a sudden, you can take that CAD file and you can move it five inches down or, you know, two feet to the other side of the room or whatever you want. And so that's one very specific use case in engineering uh, in the construction industry, especially where you can use um, this technology to really 
help you with streamlining your communication mm -hmm. and figuring out you know what the design plans are going to look like mm -hmm. uh, before you actually get into construction or before you get into a certain phase of construction. So uh, that's that's one. I'd be happy to, to get into others too. Yeah, I mean, I can, I mean, training's a great um, point that you bring up. You know, sometimes you know whether it's uh, like let's say you go to construction site and you're um, maybe uh, evaluating a, a site or an equipment and you have someone in the field and you know they might not be the expert that is needed for that particular task instead of having to bring out another expert you're telling me that you could put on the lens and he could be looking at whatever it is and someone could be whether it's at home office back in la or new york or whatever and that expert can chime in and see exactly what that person in the field is seeing that's right yeah and then they can overlay other models onto that environment as well using mixed reality that's pretty cool reduce that helps save some money um, yeah you know, for flying out two experts, but uh, also let me ask you this, you know, you know, let's stick with construction here. It's, it's, it's a dangerous, could be a dangerous thing, right? Construction sites. So can you, do you see this technology being something that could maybe help reduce some of the workplace dangers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so the best places for something like virtual reality, uh, where we build a simulated environment of either a dangerous setup like construction or mining or electrical or whatever it is, um, or there's another way where virtual reality training comes in really handy and that's repetitive processes. Oh. So let's say you, you're in manufacturing, for example, and you have a, an engineering process or a manufacturing process, um, and let's say you're a process engineer and you want to really streamline that process to onboard and train employees in a very rapid way and a very consistent way. Well, you can build that all in virtual reality before you ever get them in, in front of a physical, actual machine. Because those those trainings can be expensive, especially mm -hmm. if somebody makes a mistake on the machine and you have to you know pause the whole lineup and start all over um, in manufacturing. In construction, it's the same way. You have dangerous environments. You have a lot of people who need to be trained in those environments. Um, don't put them out in the field right away. S step one, put them in a virtual environment. Right, and and those are those are things you can analyze. Those are things you can track their progress. You can you know give assessments and things like that in the virtual reality environment. Um, so so absolutely, yeah. That that's that's a really uh, growing use case that we're seeing is the training in virtual reality. Um, I'm working with a customer right now who's doing a training actually in. Uh, in HoloLens, which is the mixed reality, mm -hmm. and, and that's where they're taking a product called Microsoft Guides, and they can actually build their own processes. And again, this is a, a manufacturing customer that I'm working with, um, and I'm working with the engineers in that manufacturing plant um, to figure out what is the process, uh, taking their, their their standard operating processes mm -hmm. and, and putting them into a virtual uh, overlay environment. In a, in a giant warehouse where this recognizes where you are and you can and, and actually pops up the holograph uh, holograms and holographic animations according to where you're standing in that physical space uh, and then there are guides that allow you to prevent any sort of um, potential injury or walking into a, a piece of equipment that um, you know you don't want to step on or walk into or something like that so uh, a lot of really neat and dynamic tools that are out there um, especially for engineers. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. Like, you know, whenever, you know, any company, whether it be engineering or any kind of, uh, I guess, industry, actually, you bring in people to take on a new, you know, job or what task or whatever it is. 
it's not just the training is the sense that, you know, you have someone, you're paying someone to train them and things like that, but it's also maybe the risk or cost of the machine that you're training them on. You know, some of those, as you mentioned, the machines that you're, you're going to be working on are you know, millions of dollars. So if you put some rookie on there and they make a, mistake and all of a sudden bam machine's done you lose production plus you lost a machine so you're saying that you could put that process or that simulation in, a, in one of those lenses yeah absolutely yeah and, and that's the exact scenario that you're talking about is these these machines are so expensive um if somebody presses the wrong button it it, it just curtails the whole process you got to shut down for eight hours you know just just the uh, consumption of time and bringing resources in from elsewhere, you know, the one of the customers I'm working with, with with one of these virtual trainings, they have to fly. They only have one expert who's who handles all the machinery and all the equipment. So he's in Chicago, and they've got manufacturing places all across the country, right? They one in Atlanta, one in New Jersey, one in California. So if the machine goes down, they have to stop the entire operation at that facility, fly the person in from Chicago, and that person has to come and fix it. With this, first of all, you can prevent all the, the issues because you can train the people in that virtual reality environment. And second, if if the uh, for some reason you know Doug Smith gets on there, presses the wrong button, and the whole system goes down at that location, the guy doesn't need to expert doesn't need to fly in from Chicago. He can pop on Hololens, and now he can be there remotely, and and you oh, know wow. see exactly what's going on, what the issues are, and troubleshoot it from that Hololens environment that's pretty cool um you know so with any new technology there's always i guess you're going to say maybe hiccups or limitations to implementing these technologies so you know can you talk to us a little bit about some of those limitations that you know you see or that exist in implementing these type of technologies technology yeah, sure sure the, the real limitation is um people don't know what it is uh they know kind of conceptually like, hey, yeah, virtual reality is cool. I wear a headset. I get in there, uh, play around, you know, maybe, maybe uh, shoot some paintball guns at my friends, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're talking about business use cases and industry use cases and engineering. It's really um, trying to get engineers, when I'm talking to engineers especially, trying to get them to be creative enough to understand what they can do with this technology. Um, so I'm working with one engineer currently, civil, and uh, talking about you know focusing on, on their specialty, which is bridge uh, uh, repair and and um, and structural replacement. So um, you know trying to trying to get them to see, okay, they have these inventories of bridges, right, that they have to inspect for the state, and so they go around the state and they have you know ten thousand bridges that they have to inspect every year and they go around and and so they're they're thinking a very analog way they've got their pad and their pencil and they're checking off the boxes and all this and trying to get them to realize that in a hololens environment you don't need a, a pad and a, and a pen mm -hmm. you pop this on and every single bridge that you go to you stand in front of that bridge and now all of a sudden this hololens is going to recognize that specific bridge and it's going to remember the site visit from a year ago and it's going to remember oh, wow. the data points from a year ago and then it's going to be able to analyze that bridge and say oh well, gosh this structure moved two inches from last year so now we build that into an assessment um, based on the, the api and the databases that exist on that civil engineers uh, back end but the hololens itself is a computer 
sitting on your head. So anything your computer can do, this thing can do. And you have the added bonus, it can recognize things. It can, it can think, it can interact, it can you know, engage in that uh, kind of um, augmented reality environment. So you know, getting the engineer, finally that light bulb came on, it's like, wow, this can do all that? And like, yeah, and now uh, you have the opposite problem, but once the creative juices start flowing, mm -hmm. you have the engineer thinking, well, I want to do all of this and this and this and this and this, and that's great, but we really need to narrow the scope. So it's really trying to figure out what the technology, the hiccups are, mm -hmm. getting from not doing anything with it to doing too much um, all at once, going from zero to 100 all at once. But what you really want to do is step into it phase by phase and, and you know get used to it and get your people used to it and stuff like that. So that that's... Uh, that's what I've seen with uh, people adopting this and some of the hiccups along the way. Sure, it seems like baby steps is the way baby to go. Steps. Yeah, instead of diving head <laughs> first. That makes sense. So, you know, something, you know, we've been chatting here for, I don't know, maybe close to half an hour. And uh, one thing that's been kind of just sitting in the back of the head, think, and I just can't seem to forget is, you know, and I'll kind of lay it out there before I, I go back to this, but, you know, new technology, all I'm thinking is like, holy cow, this has got to be astronomically priced and then here i am thinking about that 21 billion dollars that you mentioned earlier in the, in the uh, <laughs> earlier in the chat here and i'm like holy cow so i mean what is the, i mean I, it's hard to pinpoint the cost but like how expensive is this technology to implement yeah yeah that, that's a great question um and, and i get that question all the time from customers that i'm talking to or having kind of overview discovery calls with and 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 i like to be honest with folks you know i i don't they're I don't like to hide things or, or what have you, but I, I think the mentality is with this technology, um, it's going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to build an experience or build an environment um, or have a, a company like ours develop that. Uh, but it, that's not that's not the case. You know, maybe years ago when this first started, there weren't a lot of programmers, there were not a lot of developers who could do this te this technology in a, an efficient way. Um, but over the years, you know. That's changed, and the market's become a lot more competitive um, with the service side, which would be developing applications, developing software, and 3D models, and things like that, and also the hardware side. So you have uh, a lot of different companies getting in the game. You know, Lenovo's in the game, HTC's in the game, um, and what, you know, Microsoft's in the game, Apple's coming in the game uh, very soon. You know, so you have all these hardware devices coming out. And of course, you know, in our market, it kind of drives the cost down. So even today, you know, when, when headsets were thousands of dollars years ago, we're talking about this puppy right here, which is, which is one of the better ones on the market. Um, in my opinion, it's one of the best. Uh, this is the Oculus Quest 2. This is $300 out the door. Oh, wow. So you know, that's not expensive at all. Any yeah. company you know, can, can afford $300 for a virtual reality. HoloLens, um, the mixed reality are a little, little more expensive because there's not as many players in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, and it can do a lot more, especially when you're talking about uh, dynamic integration with um, back-end you know, um, databases and, and KPIs and things like that. Um, so the headset itself uh, is about $4,000 out the door. Um, for wow. the HoloLens. So, but you know, when you're talking to, 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 to Fortune 500 companies and billion dollar industry, um, that's nothing. You know, $4,000 is nothing. Even engineers who can prove an ROI very, very quickly uh, with a HoloLens, you know, $4,000 is nothing just to get the headset. Now, when you're talking about, you know, developing 
different applications or different models or, or things like that. Um, you know, we're not talking hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars to enter the market. You're talking about a few thousand dollars, you know, a beginner's package um, to get kind of proof, proof of concept, whether it's virtual reality or the mixed reality or augmented reality, you're really talking about um, somewhere in the ballpark of five to $10,000 just to enter uh, and get kind of a proof of concept. Obviously, if you want to get really intense, like the military is going to do uh, with $21 billion, they're going to, they're going, I'm guessing, I don't know this, but I'm guessing they're going to simulate actual battle experiences and they're going to simulate actual, you know, for the engineers, they're going to simulate combat conditions and you have to build a bridge in this kind of environment and you have to, you know, build an escape route for uh, vehicles in this kind of environment. I, I'm, I'm kind of envisioning that and you get really, really pricey really quickly with that because you're talking about a lot of variables and a lot of development time and a lot of just, you know, security aspects that uh, are going to just build that cost out. So you can get pretty crazy with it, but sure. the average average company that I'm working with, you're talking about 10, you know, $20,000 um, on the higher end for an application for a really solid use that, by the way, creates an ROI very, very quickly. Oh, that. And that's the important thing, right? But actually, that's not bad. I mean, that's not a bad price point. Uh, you know, just kind of, as you were mentioning here, you know, the whole thing with the military purchasing, all, you know, spending a lot of money on, on this uh, training, or not training, but on these uh, sets. I mean, I can see how, you you know, you brought up simulating battle um, scenarios. And, and But not only, you know, does it allow people to, I guess, experiment or experience various type of uh, scenarios they might run into in combat, but it saves lives. I mean, the training, but also when it comes to engineering, I can see this being used in like fire protection, you know, um, when they're building and designing uh, sprinkler systems for, for different types of, uh, I don't know, commercial uh, uh, industries. So uh, a lot of ideas that are just coming in through the head. So, I mean, I could just see these people who are watching this podcast and they're just starting to drool at the mouth. Like I just, I mean, endless possibilities. So let me throw this out there for you, Doug. So, what would it take or what would it require for a company like you or a VR related company that, you know, let's say I come to you and say, you know, I design pilot seats for airplanes. And every time a new pilot joins, you know, I got to, you know, not only you got to learn about the instruments and controls, but they got to figure out how to use this seat. And the owner manual is 500 pages. Nobody in the right mind wants to read 500 pages. So if I came to you and said, Hey Doug, I, you know, what can you do to help it help me better train my pilots to adjust these pilot seats? Yeah, that, that's a that's a great great use case uh, that I've actually seen firsthand uh, with one of our customers. And um, there are a couple different things you could do. You could do you could do it any one of these three technologies. It just depends what your uh, your end product is, what you want your results to be, what kind of ROI you're trying to do, what kind of, um, you know, training the pilots already have, have done on this, on the seat that you're working with. Uh, but you could do something as simple as an augmented reality um, scan with, you know, the pilot's cell phone or an iPad, you know, so they could, they could scan uh, either a code or an image on, on the seat itself and say, okay, this, um, and, and the phone will actually recognize what seat that is based on the scan and that specific uh, uh, manual will pop up for that specific seat and maybe an instructional video, maybe a model will pop up of that seat um, where they can actually 
you know, see the animated version of that model in real space using their device um, and see how to operate it, see how to fix it, and see how to, you know, shift it around and see uh, how to get the seat warmer turned on and all that. Um, but I don't know, do they have that in airplanes? I'm not oh. sure. I, I would think those pilots get their made, but I don't know. <laughs> They're way up there, you know, it gets cold, gets cold up there. So. Uh, but that, that's kind of the simple version. That's kind of step one. Step two might be something in the virtual reality environment where you have a specific simulation of uh, the cockpit and the, and the seat or, you know, whatever, wherever the seat is located in the plane. Um, and then step three might be, and this is the actual use case that I've seen, in a cockpit where a pilot will pop on a HoloLens, the HoloLens will recognize the seat just from a from a spatial, you know, kind of um, uh, recognition standpoint, and it'll scan it, and then it'll pop up the the seat in a holographic animation, and it'll show you all the bells and whistles of what the seat can do, and you can select and go through kind of the manual of, of, of um, what you need to do to, to to work with that seat and, and uh, what's needed. So so those those are kind of the the uh, the general themes of what you can do there. Um, how detailed or, or how simple you make that is completely up to you, but that's kind of my job, right? I, I get to talk with the customer and see what is it you're actually trying to do, right? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish? What's the work product you want, right? Um, and, and so what are the KPIs with that? And, and those are the conversations I have. And a lot of times those are many conversations over a period of weeks um, and they bring in different different people as part of their team, which is all part of the conversation, right? And uh, you figure that out. And finally, at the end of the day, you chisel out a scope of work and you say, okay, this is the project and this is what it's gonna look like. This is what it's gonna feel like. Um, my team will actually build storyboards and go through, you know, so visually the customer can kind of see before we ever start developing or programming. Um, and, and we'll get to see kind of on the same page, uh, literally on the same page, what the project will look like. All right. It's interesting. So I thank you for sharing that. You know, one last thing I wanted to cover with you. So I've had the pleasure to work with Hollow Pundits. Um, School of PE actually um, reached out to Hollow Pundits to create tar codes for their FE civil book and their uh, PE civil exam review guide for the breath. So can you kind of talk a little bit about the process of uh, making tar codes, but also, you know, it's great to put these cool looking things in a book for people to scan, but the bottom line is, are they useful and they, are they helpful? So can you kind of tell me what you think the benefits of providing information in this format is? I mean, not maybe not when it comes to engineering, but I'm sure you've worked with you know other people in the education world, and we've talked about a little bit how ARVR can help simplify some um, of the educational topics. So can you kind of explain the process of tar codes, and but also what are the benefits of are you um, sharing information in that way? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a great point uh, because tar codes uh, that, that came from a product that our company actually developed called Total AR, uh, which is a platform. It's it's one of the only ones out there where you as an individual or you as a as a you know, publisher or what have you can actually create and manage your own augmented reality content. So we wanted to put augmented reality in the hands of, of anyone who was interested. Mm -hmm. And so that's where Total AR came in. And so when we started working with you, uh, we wanted to figure out, well, who's your end user, right? And that's going to be the student. Um, they're going to be in the textbook. They're going to be, you know, learning all this information. But then you have the added added issue of, you know, the tests change, right? Mm -hmm. From year to year, you might have completely different uh, testing metrics. And, and so, you know, you have to 
reprint those books or or maybe there's a different way to go about it so um, the cool part about total AR is that you can actually change the uh, tar codes and use the same tar codes mm -hmm. but change the content that's connected with the tar codes so tar codes uh, think of QR codes right mm -hmm. and there's just a scannable image um, that you can that you can scan with your mobile device um, and uh, once you scan it, it recognizes it and, and connects you to augmented reality content. So in this case, we're working with you guys to share, you know, models of, you know, civil structures. Um, I know we've done the, the, the steel structure with the different points on the bridge uh, where students can kind of you know, play with that in an augmented reality environment in their real space. Um, I know, you, you know, we can change the, the content. So you have a, a video of Chris Miller who pops up and tells you all about, you know, whatever engineering you need to know for this year. Well, you know, the criteria change or we get sick of looking at Chris Miller for this video. So we want to put somebody else in there. We want to put some different information in there. And with uh, Total AR and the, and the backend uh, platform, you can actually do that. You can change the content. You can make the content dynamic. You can add more content on top of whatever's already there. And I think the benefit there goes back to what we talked about with the um, with the education and, and really learning in a visual way, in a hands-on way, uh, where you're trying to understand those complex topics a little more easily. Um, and, and so that that's what we want to do with um, with textbooks, obviously, and education. Uh, but you know, you could do interesting things in other publishing uh, mm -hmm. world. Do you know you got storybooks, for example? You know, let's say it's a, a kids, you know, magazine or something. You, you know, National Geographic for kids. You could pop in some really cool, you know, scannable tar codes that pop up these really neat, interactive, engaging augmented reality experiences. So that's really what we want to do with that, and, and that's been pretty successful. We hope you guys have seen some success with it. And you know that, the, and more importantly, that your students will engage and, and be able to learn those uh, those topics a little more easily. Absolutely. So you know, I've actually, I mean, the tar codes have been a great thing for us that you guys have developed. Uh, you know, I've, I mentioned we put them in our two big books. Also, what we've started doing is integrating them into our question booklets. So you know, you buy a question booklet, it has a solution written out step by step. Great, right? But sometimes people still don't understand how to solve the problem, even though they're seeing the solution because they're not seeing anyone work it out. So what we did is utilizing the tar codes, somebody will scan the tar code, it'll actually play a recording of an instructor solving that problem. So that way, not only do you have it out in front of you, step by step, you're actually seeing someone solve it. So we've gotten some great use out of the tar codes. And you know, we think that a lot of our students have, have been able to benefit from that as well. Um, Doug, it's been, you know, today's been a blast, you know, talking about AR, VR, it's, it's a truly a limitless spectrum that you can talk for hours about. Um, you know, I appreciate you coming out here and, and sharing a lot with our audience today. And I'd love to have you back. Um, and anytime, anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll uh, get the, get a little dirtboard going next time, a little competition. Let's do it. But hey, Doug, I appreciate it. And to the rest of you guys, stay tuned till the next episode. Everyone have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See you later. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Doug.